Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this inspiring TED Talks HCI podcast episode, I explore Michael C. Bush's recent TED video, This is What Makes Employees Happy at Work. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this inspiring TED Talks HCI podcast episode. Today, I'll be exploring the recent TED video by Michael C. Bush titled, This is What Makes Employees Happy at Work. There are 3 billion working people on this planet, and only 40% of them report being happy at work. Michael C. Bush shares his insights into what makes workers unhappy and how companies can benefit their bottom lines by fostering satisfaction. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. We survey CEOs, police officers, truck drivers, cooks, engineers. If people are working, we've surveyed them. And what we know in terms of their happiness, workers all want the same things. There's 3 billion working people in the world, and about 40% of them would say they're happy at work. That means about 1.8 billion, or almost 2 billion people, are not happy at work. What does that do, both to those people and the organizations that they work in? Well, let's talk about money. Organizations that have a lot of happy employees have three times the revenue growth compared to organizations where that's not true. They outperform the stock market by a factor of three. And if you look at employee turnover, it's half that of organizations that have a lot of unhappy employees. The miracle thing is, you don't have to spend more money to make this happen. It's not about ping pong tables and massages and pet walking. It's not about the perks. It's all about how they're treated by their leaders and by the people that they work with. So, I'd like to share a few ideas that create happy employees. There is no question that there is a clear business case for having happy workers. There is so much research on this. I've shared much of this research on this podcast in previous episodes. I've conducted much of this research myself. And so while he's citing his own research and their survey that they conducted, uh, I've, I've examined similar data. I've looked at uh, worker satisfaction and employee engagement data across 37 countries. I've looked at life satisfaction data, which includes work satisfaction, uh, in over 90 countries. And what he's saying is absolutely true. The reality is that we want happy, satisfied, and engaged workers in our organizations. And when we do that, we perform better. The bottom line results are much better. We have better stock prices. We have more revenues. We have lower retention. And so labor costs are lower. Everything is better when we have happy employees. So then the question becomes, well, how do we get to happy? How do we get to engaged? 
And there's lots of research on this. There's lots of studies. And you, you, I'm sure you've heard lots of people talk about how to have engaged employees. But the, again, the bottom line is if 40% say that they're happy, that means 60% say that they're unhappy. And in fact, the Gallup uh, Global Engagement Report uh, recently reported that two-thirds of all employees are actively disengaged at work. So not only are not only are they unhappy, but they're disengaged. That means they're not performing at acceptable levels within the workplace and certainly not sustainable effort that's going to maintain the team and the organization over time. So we need happy employees. We need engaged employees. And there are some relatively simple things that we can do to try to uh, improve this. Certainly having a nice culture uh, in part, which is manifest through having sleeping pods and ping pong tables and all these extra perks. I mean, that's, that's nice. And there's a reason why people like working for companies like Google or other tech firms that use some of these types of perks. But th those are kind of the extra, the frill, the, the stuff going above and beyond. And that's not really at the core of what makes someone happy or unhappy. And in fact, people can be incredibly happy at work when they don't have any of those frills. But there are some foundational and fundamental elements that have to be there. Otherwise, you can throw all the frills at them that you want, all these extra little perks, and it's really not going to make much of a difference. So in the coming clips, he's going to share a few ideas on how you can make your employees more happy on your team. Idea number one. In organizations where employees are happy, what you find is two things are present, trust and respect. Leaders often say, we trust our employees, we empower our employees. And then when an employee needs a laptop, and this is a true example, 15 people have to approve that laptop. So for the employee, all the words are right, but 15 levels of approval for a $1,500 laptop, you've actually spent more money than the laptop on the approval. And the employee feels maybe they're really not trusted. So what can an organization do to have a high level of trust the first organization that comes to mind is Four Seasons. They have magnificent properties all around the world. And their employees are told, do whatever you think is right when servicing the customer. To hand that trust to your employees, to do whatever they think is right, makes the employees feel great. And this is why they're known for delivering some of the best service in the world. As with many things in organizations, it really does all start with trust. If you want your people to be happy, to be satisfied, to be engaged and to be able to be productive and work together well as a team, you have to have a culture of trust. People have to be able to count on you that you'll do what you say as a leader, but they also have to count on the organization, that the organization will look out for them. There are some good examples in this clip, and when you have to go through so many layers of approval for something as small as getting a new computer that you need to do your work, it really does send a message that the organization doesn't trust you. Now, that's just one small example, but there are so many similar types of examples that we see in organizations every day. So the systems, the policies, the practices, procedures that are put in place oftentimes convey a very strong message. So as leaders and within our organizations, we need to constantly keep a lens on in relation to trust. What we're doing and how we're doing it, what we say and how we're saying it, those elements convey a clear message. And oftentimes it conveys a message that ultimately we wouldn't want to be the predominant message that's going out to our, our employees. 
many leaders will say, yes, I trust my people. Yes, I want to empower my people. But then they put procedures, policies, practices. They put systems in place that show anything but trust. And in fact, it seems more like they don't trust them that they're micromanaging their people. So let's think carefully about that. Let's try to make sure that we are developing mutual relationships of trust, mutual accountability, and ultimately strong, genuine relationships with our people. If we know our people as a leader and we start to give away just a little bit of power and let, let them run with it, see what they do with it. And by so doing, we can start to develop confidence in their capabilities to function without direct intervention from us constantly. That will develop trust. And I love the, the example of the four seasons that if we just empower our people to use their brains and to make decisions on behalf of the customer, more often than not, it'll work out. It'll work out better than a leader who's trying to direct everything because 10 heads, 20 heads are way better than one. Idea number two, fairness. The thing that erodes trust in our organization faster than anything else is when employees feel that they're being treated unfairly. Employees want to be treated the same, regardless of their rank or their tenure or their age or their experience or their job category compared to anyone else. When I think about great organizations who get fairness right, the first organization that comes to mind is Salesforce. They found that men and women working in the same job with the same level of proficiency were making different amounts of money. So immediately they calculated the difference and they invested $3 million to try and balance things out. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. We have to treat our people fairly. There are a few things that will make our people more disgruntled quicker than if there's inequitable pay throughout the organization. That can be by gender, that can be by race, that can be just within a particular job category across the organization. People talk and organizations, while often they have policies about how you're not supposed to talk about salary, legally organizations aren't allowed to have such policies. The NLRB established that protection 
as a concerted activity for employees to be able to share information about salaries. And so we simply can't, and it won't hold up in court for us to say that our people can't talk about their salaries. So they'll know what each other makes, at least to a certain extent, and they'll know when things are way out of whack. And if they're way out of whack, your people are going to be disgruntled. They're going to be pissed off. And ultimately, they're going to start balancing the scale. What ends up happening is they either leave or they just reduce their work. They they just do less um, because they, they're trying to balance the scale of equity in their effort, in their performance. That's, of course, not what we want within an organization. We want every individual to work hard. We want every individual to try their best. We want every individual to ultimately make a, a meaningful contribution. So you, you want to shortchange that. You want to make people not, not only not happy, but actually actively upset, actively disengaged, and more likely to, to do dysfunctional, disgruntled behaviors that can hurt the organization, then don't treat them fairly or equitably. Now, pay is just one form of this, though. So let's not forget that there's other ways that equity plays out with within organizations. How we administer uh, and allow for people to take paid time off, uh, to go pick up their kid from school, to to work or not work evenings, uh, you know, access to various organizational resources, training, um, all of these elements, we need to treat people fairly and equally. Otherwise, it will come back to bite us. Idea number three is listening. So to be a listener who connects with all types of people, we have to unlearn a few things. We've all been taught about active listening and eye contact, an intense stare, and a compassionate look. That's not listening. Repeating what the person says, that's not listening. Being humble and always hunting and searching for the best idea possible, that's what listening is. And employees can feel whether you're doing that or not. They want to know when they talk to you and share an idea, did you consider it when you made a decision? The one thing that everybody appreciates and wants when they're speaking is to know that what they say matters so much, you might actually change your mind. Otherwise, what's the point of the conversation? I also really like this third tip. Listening and being an effective, active listener, a genuine listener, someone who actually will pay attention to what someone is saying and act on it. The power of listening is strong. When we can listen authentically, sincerely, and our people can see that we genuinely care about them and that we want to listen, that we want their feedback, we want to improve. When we do that, people feel much happier, much more satisfied, much more engaged in their work. But just like pay, when you p treat people unfairly, inequitably, and unequally, if you're not listening, or even worse, if you pretend to be listening, you're, you're, you're establishing some sort of a faux listening relationship where you go through the motions of listening, but it's clear that you, you're never going to act on it. You're not really paying attention. You're not really understanding. That's even worse than not listening in the first place because then you're inauthentic and people don't uh, trust you. You don't have integrity and so on and so forth. And it, it goes back to that discussion about trust. But if we, if we don't listen, it's going to disengage people. It's going to make them upset. They're going to not feel like they have a connection to the organization. But when we do, even if we can't pay them the best, we're going to develop meaningful relationships with them that they'll appreciate. And 
when people have good relationships with their coworkers and with their boss, they are far more likely to stay in the organization, even when there's problems, even when there's other things that are frustrating or annoying. So let's listen. Let's listen carefully. Let's act on the feedback that our people give us. They're the line employees. They're the ones working closest to our customers. They have insights that we don't have. We need to pay attention to them. We all know the things we need to change, the things that we need to do differently. The way you behave, the way you treat others, the way you respond, the way you support defines the work experience for everyone around you. Changing to be a better person, the world is littered with those failures. But changing because there's something you believe in, some purpose that you have, where you're willing to risk almost everything because it's so important to you, that's the reason to change. If it's not, you should probably find a different place to work. These three ideas are so important. The research bears it out. Each of these is very important. We need to develop trust with our people. We need to treat everyone fairly with equity and equality. And we need to listen carefully to the feedback that everyone has. Now, the reality is there's a lot of other really important factors in developing um, satisfied employees and happy employees that are engaged and productive and innovative. These are just three of many. But you're going to be doing really well if you can focus on these three areas. And I really do believe that trust is the foundation for all of this. I, I think equity and fairness and listening go back to trust. Uh, so if, if you only take one thing away from this episode today, think about trust. Think about how you are establishing trust, how you're um, developing and maintaining that trust in a sustainable way over time. Um, or if if your people don't seem to trust the organization and you're you know, beating your head against the wall and you're like, we're doing everything we can to be transparent. We're trying to develop trust, but people just, it, it's not getting to where we want to be. Look at your systems. Now, it, it could be a, per, a people problem. You could have people who, who are saying one thing and doing another uh, who aren't being consistent, but oftentimes it's a systems problem. Oftentimes it's the policies, practices, and procedures that don't convey the same message that maybe an individual leader might convey. And you can say really nice things, but if the way things carry out in practice is different, then ultimately people are going to go with what's in practice, not what is said. I feel very strongly about the importance of having happy, satisfied, and engaged employees. It is to the benefit of the organization as much as it is, as it is to the individual. Now, certainly on an individual, personal, human level, people will thrive more when they're happy at work. But an organization will also function so much better, have better team dynamics, ultimately will be more creative, have better products and services, better customer retention and satisfaction, and be able to bring value to the market. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches 
to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.